Hello and welcome to Conference Catch-Up, brought to you by Rural Health Pro. This week we're coming to you live from Rural Health Month in Coogee, where over 700 rural health professionals are attending over 20 events. But before we start, we acknowledge the traditional custodians on the lands on which we work and live. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Conference Catch-Up is produced by Rural Health Pro. For more information, visit ruralhealthpro.org. That's ruralhealthpro.org. And in the meantime, please like, follow and share. The information provided in this podcast is of a general educational nature only. The views expressed are those of the presenters and not necessarily Rural Health Pro. Dr. Nicholas Island, welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, you, uh, you've got a unique perspective on this conference because you first came to uh, the, the Coogee Conference as a student and participated in the, the student part of the conference. And tomorrow, you're actually giving a lecture or talking to the students and you're participating in the GP because you're now uh, working at uh, Dubbo Base Hospital in, in rural Australia. You've, you've, you've got through and you made it to the other side. Yeah, so um, I will acknowledge that I was nodding along then, which isn't great for audio format. Um, but yeah, I missed out on the very first sort of Coogee conference that I could have gone to because, you know, COVID um, and it didn't only inconvenience me. But I've been to pretty well every other cadet event um, and it's, it's just been amazing. I think the, you know, the first RDN event I went to was the cadet weekend and it was the first time as a medical student or even as an adult, you know, you feel appreciated and respected because universities like to see it was cash cows and uh, my previous trade was, you know, as, as a boilermaker, you're not sort of seen as an upstanding member of society. <laughs> you're welding pipes in the desert and that's it. That's right. You've, you, you've had a unique uh, pathway because you, you went from boilermaker to start your GP yeah. uh, sort of or medical clinical credentials. Yeah, so I'm one of the one of the few people who gets into medicine without ever having finished high school, which is a you know a journey in itself. But so I think to come full circle back to you know coming here as a student to the conference and then coming back as a, a junior doctor and being able to chat to you know future junior doctors. Um, just about, I think the focus mostly will be on looking after yourself, what to expect. Um, the universities tend to blow things out of proportion about how much of the responsibility will be on your head, whether a patient, you know, does well or doesn't do well. And I think my main words for them would be, if that falls on your head, there is a systemic problem in your hospital. Um, really, what they're going into is a job and as any junior in any job, you get adequate support and you learn how to do the job. You know, it, it's just not that big a thing to be scared of. And so you said you're a cadet. Just explain because there'll be people listening to this who are unaware of the cadet program that's run mm. um, through RDN and, and with support of the uh, New South Wales government. Yeah, so the the problem stems from historically most people or all people who trained to do medicine were trained in 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 metropolitan areas and then they do their placements in metropolitan areas and they then become junior doctors in metropolitan areas by the time they're ready to think about going rurally for a you know a placement as a doctor as a junior doctor or something like that they're established 
metropolitan residents. You know, they've got families or they've bought a house. It's social networks that all of these factors prevent people from wanting to actually permanently move to the country and, and work out there. The way that this is sort of trying to be fixed is, you know, universities are having rural clinical schools, of which I was a beneficiary of. I did all six years at the UNSW Port Macquarie. And, you know, the Rural Doctor Network is it does this cadetship where in the final two years of your university, um, you can you receive $15,000 and a lot of support to go to events and networking and, and you know, meet people who work in the country and tell you it's not all as bad as maybe the news would have you believe. Um, and, you know, the, the only caveat is that you have to go and work out west. So when I heard about it, I was like, I'm going to go and work out west anyway, so it's money for jam. Um, which I said something along those lines in my interview and they still gave it to me anyway. <laughs> so they're good people. And so the conference, I guess, the students, so let's, let's talk about the student side of it and, and we've heard uh, from the convener of it in another podcast that, um, you know, roughly half or a bit over half are, are cadets but also uh, there's a lot of non-cadets that come to this uh, conference. So does it give you a good network of, of uh, people that you can stay in contact with as part of your progression in the career? Yes. I think you happen to be talking to someone who, who isn't an overly social mammal. Um, you know, I love coming to events and socialising with people, but outside of that, I've, you know, I've got a young kid, um, I'm married, own a home, I'm pretty settled. Um, I don't do a whole lot of socialising. I feel like my job is enough socialising for me. Um, but it is really nice. I mean, I've been coming to these things for a few years and seeing the same people and the way that their trajectory is going, I find really interesting. Um, and, you know, the way we all develop into our careers, um, you know, the most sort of shy and nervous people and now with a bit of um, – I guess, the hospital experience and talking to patients and, and sort of having to do that performance aspect of being a health professional and now such confident people. Um, and I, I think that is, you know, largely due to coming to things like this and, and feeling, um, feeling wanted and respected and having someone tell you that the, you know, the, the career that you've chosen and who you are as a person is valuable and, and desirable um, you know, it, it makes such a huge difference to people. Um, and, you know, I've really enjoyed seeing that change. And is it different for you now? Like you, you're coming as a, a bit more of an elder statesman, if you like, not being as elderly as, as some <laughs> people have been coming for 30 years, but um, does that change your responsibility and your role here? I mean, I think it does. Uh, you know, I had one of these sessions at the first cadet weekend that I came to where the, the PGY 1s and 2s, who were either previous cadets or affiliated with RDN in some way, came at the Aubrey um, Cadet Weekend and chatted to us who were, you know, in our second last year of med school and basically told us it's not going to be all that bad, you're going to be fine. Um, so I feel like if I can make the same kind of remarks in a genuine kind of way and just relieve some of that stress and anxiety for for next year's junior doctors, then, you know, that's my responsibility done and I can go and have a beer. 
So where, where to for you? Like you're, you've been a cadet, you're now working in Dubbo-based um, hospital. Uh, where do you see yourself? Where's your career I mean, progression I, going? I went into medicine wanting to be a GP. There was no sort of entertaining of other options. Um, it's all I wanted to do. So that hasn't really changed except for the fact that I never knew about rural generalism you know, because I hadn't been exposed to it. Once I learned about that, I thought that that sounds exactly like what I wanted, which was procedural GP. So I'll do rural generalism. I've um, been accepted onto the ACRAM pathway, rural generalist pathway this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, And I've talked to the Director of Emergency Medicine in Dubbo to organise doing my emergency advanced skills training in Dubbo, which, you know, you still have to do a formal process, but... There's a wink, wink, nod, nod. Sort of, you'll you'll get it if you apply. Um, don't go back on that, Dan. If you listen, <laughs> that wink, wink, nod, nods on paper. So you know, yeah, no money exchanged hands. So I don't think it's illegal. Well, it'd be great to see you um, coming back to the conference as a, as a GP and then offering even further. Insights. I would love to. At some point, I'll have to pay my own way, and I'd be happy to because it's. It's just such a good resource. Well, good luck tomorrow. It's been great to chatting with you. And, um, yeah, no, I look forward to hearing from you over the next few years as you progress through. Thanks for having me on the pod. Conference Catch-Up is brought to you by Rural Health Pro. If you care about rural Australia and keeping them healthy, then Rural Health Pro is your community. The Rural Health Pro platform and app connects health professionals with colleagues, organisations, training, scholarships and career opportunities to help them thrive. It's free and it's easy to join. Just visit ruralhealthpro.org. That's ruralhealthpro.org today.